little bit different is that their loyalty is to you as a leader. And so they are always thinking, what can I do to make this leader's life easier? Or what can I do to make them more effective as a CEO? Welcome to Business Owners Radio. Business Owners Radio, where established business owners get the latest insights, strategies, and practices to grow a sustainably profitable business. And now, Taking Care of Business, your hosts, Craig Moen and Shai Gilad. Welcome to Business Owners Radio, Episode 102. Our guest today is Madeline Niebauer, CEO and founder of VChief provider of virtual chief of staff services to business leaders worldwide. Along with a bachelor's degree from Stanford and an MBA from Columbia Business School, Maddie has over 20 years of professional business experience. Her company, VChief, supports leaders from all sectors and domains who are looking for high-level strategic support on a part-time basis. Good morning, Maddie. Welcome to Business Owners Radio. Good morning. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, it's great to have you on board today and really look forward to this topic. You've built quite an organization focused on delivering chief of staff capabilities to businesses. Tell us how your company, the Virtual Chief of Staff, evolved. Yeah, I'm happy to. I started this company about a year and a half ago after a long career as a chief of staff. And I was excited to be able to bring that capability to small business owners in particular who might need a chief of staff, but who might not have the budget or the workload to require someone in the role full time. And so What we do is we've built a network of chiefs of staff who work with our clients on a part-time basis, and it's been a great fit for a lot of our clients. Sounds interesting. Can you visualize for us where a chief of staff fits in versus, say, an executive assistant or a COO? Yeah, absolutely. So a chief of staff is really a CEO or an executive director's right-hand partner. They're someone who they can turn to when they're facing strategic challenges, when they need a thought partner, someone to bounce ideas off of. They're also someone who will help hold them accountable to working towards their priorities and really help take things off their plate so they can have the most impact. So what does that really look like in practice? Well, oftentimes a chief of staff will meet regularly with the leader that they're supporting and do things like go over the meetings that they've had for the past week and check and see what follow-up items there are and draft emails or reports coming out of those. And then they'll also look forward with them and say, okay, how are we thinking about the next week? How are we spending our time? Do we need to do any preparation for those meetings? They'll also, in addition to the communications piece, they often lead really large org-wide projects. So sometimes things won't naturally fall in another team's domain. And so they can be the person who pulls together different stakeholders across the organization, who sets out the project plan and the deliverables and makes sure that all the pieces are moving. They also do things like strategic planning with the organization and with the leader themselves. So as you think about that in particular, as compared to an executive assistant, you know, what's similar about those roles is that the executive assistant is supporting the leader personally and directly in the same way that a chief of staff does. But the scope of their role is just focused on a little bit of a different set of activities, ones that are typically more logistical and tactical. 
So often an EA is doing things like setting travel plans or filling up an executive's calendar or managing their expense reimbursements. Whereas the chief of staff, who often really works hand in hand with an executive assistant, helping them think at a high level about how the leader should be spending their time. But again, the chiefs of staff work is typically of a more strategic level. So that's awesome at an executive level. And as a small business owner, I'm making challenging decisions every day about where to invest, who to hire, who's going to have the most impact on our ability to perform. Help me understand where this would work into my organization in, in a way that's a better choice than simply hiring another person for strategy. Right. So what is helpful about the chief of staff role in particular, as opposed to just a more general strategic role, is that that person is really loyal to and dedicated to you as a leader. So as a chief of staff, my first priority is to make sure that the leader I'm supporting is able to do their job better. So it's making sure that person can focus where they have the most impact. And you know, as leaders, we all have a thousand things on our plates and we're all overwhelmed and feel like we can't necessarily stay on top of things. And it's helpful, you know, if you were thinking about hiring a general strategy position for your company to help you think about those company-wide decisions or think about a product launch or some other very specific project where a chief of staff is a little bit different is that their loyalty is to you as a leader. And so they are always thinking, what can I do to make this leader's life easier? Or what can I do to make them more effective as a CEO? And that is just an amazing thing to sort of have in your back pocket. Someone who is your champion and your cheerleader Often leaders will have an executive coach who helps them think about their priorities, helps talk through challenges in the same way, which a chief of staff also does. But the chief of staff then goes and says, okay, I'm going to do some of this work for you, which just frees you up to be able to focus where you need to. And Manny, how does that relationship evolve between the leader of the company, the chief of staff, and the rest of the company? Yeah. You know, what's interesting is this actually looks different from company to company because the the chief of staff is really geared to supporting the leader that they're working with, which looks different from leader to leader. So they don't need the same thing. And in the same way, the way they interact with the team varies drastically as well. What I've most typically seen is that a chief of staff isn't necessarily a layer between a leader and his or her team, but a resource that that team can go to to help to get something in front of the CEO because the chief of staff and the CEO are often in very close communication. So if a team leader needs feedback from something from the CEO, they might come and say, hey, can you get the CEO's eyes on this by Tuesday? I really need to move it forward. Or can we add this to our next team meeting agenda? And then they can also be a thought partner to those people across the organization about what do you think the CEO would think of this idea? Let's brainstorm that. Because I think what you'll see, a chief of staff sometimes will have management roles underneath their leader, but more often they're in a place where they are leading by influence. And so they are working directly with a CEO's direct reports, but not necessarily managing them. But oftentimes it's kind of a two-way communication because sometimes the CEO needs something from their team and many times the team needs things from the CEO. And so the chief of staff can play an enabling role for them each to get things from each other in a really systematic, efficient way. 
There are other cases where you'll see a chief of staff really acting more as a gatekeeper, right? If a CEO is incredibly busy and just doesn't have time for the volume of requests that are coming their way, they will help filter those and think through, okay, what does the CEO really need to see right now? What could wait till later? And what could go to someone else? What does the CEO really not need to weigh in on? Maddie, can you give us an example of a recent client that you've worked with that's deployed a chief of staff? Yes. Some of our most effective client relationships are often with really young startup organizations. Sometimes the CEO is the only one working on it at that point. And if you can imagine someone who has a really visionary leader who has this idea of a product they want to bring to market, and maybe they've just started that idea. So we've worked with this education technology company where they were piloting a product that was working with a couple of schools and they wanted to bring that idea to market. And so the woman leading the organization actually had another full-time job. So she is not devoting all of her time to this. She needs to be really thoughtful about the ways that she's spending her time. And she also just needed a base of knowledge in terms of operations and business strategy that she didn't have. And so she had this great idea. She needed someone to help her execute that idea. And so we brought in a chief of staff at a fairly low level. We were only working with her about five hours a week. And we helped her with everything from helping create the product, helping find ways to automatize the product, They were doing everything on a very manual basis. And so in order to scale, they needed to create software that automated what they were doing. We helped her think through pricing strategy and test out different ideas on that front. We helped her do things like create a budget, think about HR and legal implications. There were all sorts of host of operational things that she wasn't thinking about and frankly didn't want to think about and didn't need to think about on a deep level because she was really focused on what is this product and how do we get it to market and how do I be the public face of this new ed tech company. And so that's one example where I think we just had immediate huge leverage for this leader and they saw traction immediately. So tell us more about how the interaction with your service works versus someone just hiring an employee and having that commitment. Right. So a lot of our clients are in places where they need to be pretty nimble. So they can't commit to hiring a W-2 full-time employee that you know is going to be with them in the long term. So we work with clients both on a long-term or a short-term basis, but typically in a part-time capacity. So if a client needs that type of support, but isn't ready to jump in and say, okay, I need a full-time chief of staff, that's when they come to us. And what does that look like in practice? Or how do we make the match and work with companies? When we first start working with a client, we'll spend some time understanding what their needs are. Because the chief of staff role is so varied and really requires a jack-of-all-trades to play that role, it's interesting to see where the client needs are landing, right? So we think about the many, many different ways that we could support them, and we talk through those different areas to understand, okay, are their needs more in the strategic planning domain? Do they need a lot of hiring help? Do they need a lot of finance help? How do we think through the different elements? Because that helps us think about which person in our team of chiefs of staff would be the best match for them. And so we spend a lot of time understanding the client's needs. Then we look at our pool of talent and think about who might be a great fit for them. The the dimensions that we think about those things are, one is industry background. So if someone's in the realm of education, we often match them with someone who has an education background. If they're in an e-commerce business, we might look for someone with more, you know, private sector startup background, things like that. 
Um, we also think about that functional expertise. So we have some folks who have deeper roots in things like HR or strategic planning. And so if they have more needs in those areas, we'll try to find them a candidate who has more expertise in those areas. We also think about location. Sometimes it's important for our clients, even though we work on a virtual basis, sometimes people want someone in the same city. Sometimes they want someone in the same time zone, which limits to some degree who could be in their pool. So we do encourage people to think expansively on that front. And then the last thing we think about when we're making a match is more of the intangibles. It's sort of personality and work style and what type of person will work best with you because that varies from leader to leader as well. So once we think about all of those things, we put together a handful of candidates, which we share with the client. And then the client ultimately gets to decide who they interview and who they want to work with because we do think it's really important for them to meet the person and make sure it feels like a really good fit because this is someone you're going to be working with very, very closely and you need to have you know, the trust that comes with that. What I think is unique is that oftentimes our clients will work with a virtual assistant and also with a virtual chief of staff. What's different is frankly the work that we do. The most common reason we turn potential clients away is because we think they actually need an assistant rather than a chief of staff. And it's funny because we've told some clients this. We say the needs that you're expressing to me are that you really need an executive assistant. And so they will go and they will hire an executive assistant. They'll work with them for a handful of months. At that point, they often come back to us and say, okay, I solved problem A and now I have problem B. I really need someone who can whip out a quick PowerPoint deck or Excel model for me. And that's not going to be my virtual assistant. And so can you help me with that? So I think it's really the nature of the work we're doing that's different than the virtual assistant. But again, a virtual assistant can often be a really, really great resource for companies. And this can often be additive to that. Maddie, one of the things I noticed in your bio that really intrigued me that could be really information to benefit some of our listeners is this area of your experience and your background. You traveled for all parts of the world and even traveled with your family and performed world schooling with your children and working remotely. And this working remotely item, there's volumes of activities and alignments there regarding you know, time management and how do you lead remotely and how do you work with remote teams. Can you share some of the highlights you learned over the years? Absolutely. It's funny. <laughs> I actually started this company and started creating the website while I was working remotely in Costa Rica. And at the time I was working for another company and planning my departure. And one of the reasons that I created a remote company was to facilitate not just sort of my own personal desire to be able to hop around the world and do interesting things with my family, but also to create that freedom for the people who work for me. The reality is our world is going virtual and you're going to see more and more companies really appreciating and enabling their team to work remotely. One of the things that has been fascinating about this business is the easiest thing for me in this business has been finding talent. And we have incredibly, incredibly high caliber people. I mean, people who have 10 or 20 years of experience, most of them have MBAs or other graduate degrees. And so to attract that incredibly high caliber of talent without literally posting the job anywhere. It's all just grown word of mouth, I think is because it's really fascinating work and it's really flexible and remote. And that is really attractive to people. And so as I talk to people who are growing businesses, 
sometimes it's hard to let go and say, okay, I, I think I can let this person work from home or work from, you know, wherever they are. But if you have a trust and if you can base your reflections of their performance on their performance, as opposed to just seeing them in your office every day, I think you'd be amazed at the results you can get when you give people the freedom to work in the ways that they want to work. And granted, it's not easy. There are challenges to it. One of the biggest things that we talk to our clients about as we're kicking off is really the importance of building relationships. And it's harder to do that virtually, like candidly, it is. And so we often suggest our clients spend a little bit of in-person time at the beginning of an engagement. Invite your chief of staff to spend some time with your team in person or invite them to a team conference and really build those relationships in person when that's possible. It's not always possible. Sometimes an organization is small enough, they don't have the budget for that. But when it is possible, I think if you have that initial interaction in person, it just makes all of the future communications a little bit easier. And in lieu of that, and often in addition to that, we just really, really leverage video conferencing. I can't say enough good things about it. We use it for all of our team meetings. And I think also just being deliberate about culture and doing that in a remote environment. I mean, even things like asking people personal questions, having tools like Slack where you can interact on a really quick, easy basis, instant messenger, but also be able to collaborate on specific projects through there. But even things like having a channel on Slack that's just for fun, where you can post pictures of your kids' Halloween costumes or your latest vacation. I think those are the kinds of things that make people feel connected, even when they're not sitting in the same office. Well, Maddie, thank you so much for joining us today on Business Owners Radio. Thank you so much for having me, Craig and Shai. And is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners? Yeah, well, I would love to stay in touch with your listeners. A great place for people to find us is at virtualchiefofstaff.com forward slash B-O-R for Business Owners Radio. And there we will have a variety of resources, including a one-page download about what a chief of staff does, as well as more information about V-Chief services and ways to get in touch with us, as well as all of our social links. So we do post a lot on social media about effective leadership, prioritization, and setting priorities. So it's a great resource for leaders. Our guest today has been Madeline Niebar. You can learn more about Maddie, as well as find links to the V-Chief website and the special downloads mentioned today, all on our show notes at businessownersradio.com. This episode has been sponsored by Align for Business, providing owner and executive team coaching, as well as business consulting to grow your business. That's Aligned the number four, business.com. Thank you for joining us on Business Owners Radio. We hope you enjoyed today's show. As always, you can read more about each episode along with links and offers in the show notes on our website, businessownersradio.com. We want to hear your feedback. Please leave comments on this show or suggestions for upcoming episodes. Tell your fellow business owners about the show and, of course, you would love the stars and comments on iTunes. Till next time, keep taking care of business.